Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day. And for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry. With same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. All backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's get this ball rolling, baby. I'm ready. I'm ready to spit some takes. Maybe we can freaky freaky get it out tonight. Get out at like midnight. Let some <laughs> let some people make their Uber driver put it on. Uh, tell me what. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, you got me sounding good too. Hey. Okay, tell me what the deal is. You know I'm the illest. She from California, says she don't know where the fill is. Shout out to the hometown, I know that they gon' feel this. When I hit the club, I walk in with a small village. And nothing's off limits. When you got the sauce, you know they run it off with it. Now she acting freaky, she was coming off timid at first. But I can't All right, really we're back for another edition of the Starting 502 Podcast. It's a late night edition, folks. And we are back. Presley Meyer, Nick Connor on the mics. We can't wait to talk a little Louisville basketball with you. For the first time ever, we convene after a Louisville basketball game, and Louisville has actually lost. Uh, normally, when Nick and I get on here, we have nothing but positive things to say. That's not true. We have nothing but uh, good things to talk about as far as on the scoreboard. Not the case tonight. Quick look at the box score here tonight. Louisville falls to Florida State 79-70. to 70. Uh, Nick, you had the prediction correct as far as Florida State ultimately coming out victorious. I think Ken Palm had this game as a 71-67 to 67 game. If these teams hit a few more free throws, uh, it's a much higher scoring game. Very up and down, very hectic pace. Um, first thing that stands out to me about this game uh, is Louisville's 9 of 16 on layups. That's becoming a common theme. I mean, you saw Dre Davis tonight had a fast break layup where he tried to finger roll it and missed on the front end, which I've never seen that before. Where somebody tries to finger roll it and misses on the front end. No, Florida State pulled out to a 10-point halftime lead. Louisville held Florida State to six points in the first 11-ish minutes of the second half, uh, and then it was kind of back and forth towards the end. Nick, I'm going to bring you in here tonight, and I kind of want to know, I just want to know kind of what your ultimate takeaway is because we normally hop on here after a win, We've only hopped on here after a win when we've talked to each other. Normally, we're just doing a sad solo pod. That's just kind of the way it's worked out. Uh, but this is the first time that we've hopped on after a loss, and it's probably the most optimistic that we've sounded. First of all, how are you tonight? How are you uh, How are you handling it in sunny, sunny Cincinnati? 
And second of all, just what is your ultimate takeaway from a game that Louisville really needed to win, ultimately lost, and yet you and I are sitting here thinking, yeah, it's not really that bad, is it? I think, first of all, um, Sunny in Cincinnati, I love that idea. Tell Alan to print the tees. Um, second of all, Chris is currently doing a presser from a closet, question mark. Um, fantastic looking scene there at Florida State's arena somewhere deep in the dark. I'm not that discouraged because this team was down 10 at halftime. This team scored 40 points in the first half. This team scored 30 in the second half and held Florida State 29. I mean, played well in stretches. Again, I'm upset about the amount of players playing. I'm upset about defensive breakdowns. I'm upset about missed assignments and, you know, a a guy getting 23 in the first half because we left Jared West out for eight minutes willingly. And he wasn't sitting at the scorer's table either, which is the frustrating part. But all that to say, I, I mean, I really am encouraged. I'm not that frustrated. I don't. They didn't get run off the floor. There was definitely danger zone there to start the second half. They got all the way down by 14, about a minute in. I mean, really tightened the screws up defensively. Played really well in the second half. Encouraged by Faulkner. Encouraged by Sid Curry again. Um, Noah Locke, Matt Cross didn't hit shots tonight, right? Both guys had had looks created for them late specifically. Um, we've talked at length about how Noah Locke is not an off the ball or I'm off the dribble shooter. Excuse me. He is a catch and shoot guy almost exclusively. He showed you that again tonight. His, you know, the, the look he hit in the first half was a catch and shoot look and the looks he got in the second half weren't Matt cross. I don't know if it was a fatigue thing. I know he was hit badly by COVID, um, but a couple looks tonight, but, but that didn't look good that last one specifically, but when you stand in the corner for eight seconds, you're not going to hit that shot. That's just the way that the rhythm goes. Like you're not going to catch that ball after you've been standing flat footed and hit a 23 footer. It's just not what's going to, what's going to happen. I think like, like you said at halftime on our Twitter space, you know, Florida state's going to be a quad one loss at this point. I mean, some were projecting even basically by Louisville losing the game, they would become a quad one loss by Monday. That might happen at this point on the, on the, you know, on the, on the net team sheet. But they're going to be a quad one loss. I can live with the quad one loss. Cards are still going to have to win 14 games, I think, in the ACC. Um, That's what uh, Corey Alexander was saying on the broadcast tonight. Um, A few things Corey Alexander said that were absolutely outrageous, and he obviously hadn't watched very much little film. But I do agree with him on that point. Cards need to win about 14, 15 ACC games with the way that the conference is this year. But again, I'm not that discouraged. Um, and again, I, I, there's a trend here where down the stretch, Louisville runs good offense. And I, I'm still at a loss as to why we can't run it, you know, for the entirety of the game, or I'm not even at 80% of the game. Um, but again, you saw some high ball screen stuff late. You saw some cross-court looks to good shooters late. I felt like early in the game, the wrong guys were shooting good shots, and that's what Chris has talked about. And at the end of the game, the right guys were shooting good shots, and they didn't fall. I think that a lot of people like I feel bad for whoever Ethan Moore, whoever's on the the 93.9 post game show right now. Reason being because fans look at games as the, as if the sky is falling when you lose and when you drop games in the early season in the non-conference that you're not supposed to mainly home games against Furman and DePaul. When you drop games like that, then when you lose to a Florida state team, that's probably going to make the tournament. All of a sudden it feels like the sky is falling. The reality of the situation is Florida state's probably going to end up being a decent team. 
Florida State played their best game of the season tonight. Florida State had a, a lot of shots fall that had not been falling in previous games. A lot went right for that team. A lot didn't go well for UofL, yet you and I look at this game, and as somebody who's followed this team closely my entire life, and as somebody who kind of follows this team more in a, in a, in a professional, from a pre- professional viewpoint and from viewpoint of, of trying to uh, give more of a perspective uh, of an overall view of the season, I don't. I feel more positive from this game than negative, uh, because I think that you can play a bad game against Georgia Tech and still win, which is what happened. I don't think they played super well against Georgia Tech, uh, but they still pulled out a victory. Uh, I don't think they played incredibly against Wake Forest, but they pulled out a victory. And so the reason that I bring this up is because at the end of the day, you want to see your team get better. You would obviously like to see them get better and win. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. By the same token, if they have a couple of guys knocking down open shots tonight that, they make, that they've made in almost every other game this season, then this is a game you probably win. If you go 12 for 16 on layups instead of 9 for 16, then it's probably a game that is right down to the wire. There were a lot of small things that happened in this game that ultimately turned it in the favor of Florida State. Uh, Florida State had multiple four shots that like brick that were bricks and they rolled off the back of the rim and fell in. There was just a lot of stuff that happened that, that fell their way tonight. Um, I think you look at this game, uh, probably the major takeaway, and it should be for every Louisville fan, is that LLS and Mason Faulkner are rounding into the guards uh, that we expected them to become this season. Um, I think that you look at this game and Jared West, a guy that you relied so, so heavily on uh, earlier on in the season, pretty much he played 13 minutes tonight and he was not a major factor. That's a huge positive for Louisville fans because Louisville couldn't could not even come close to pulling out games the first six or seven games of the season with without Jared West. So when you look at this team unlocking its potential, uh, you have to look at, at every player becoming better. We know what Jared West can provide. He was he did not provide a good matchup against Florida State tonight, and L. Ellis and Mason Faulkner stepped it up in a major way. They made Louisville's offense flow much better. They are two guys who can beat you off the dribble. They're two guys that can step into a shot. Uh, they can do so much more on offense uh, than, than, than what Jared West can do. So I really liked what I saw out of those two. And they are also two really solid creators. They're two guys that can create for themselves, but they create for others. And I thought that they did, did a really good job of creating for other players like Samuel Williamson, like Noah Locke, uh, like Matt Cross. Unfortunately, tonight, those shots just didn't fall. That happens sometimes. I'm not concerned with that because what I saw from Louisville's offense and defense was intentional. And that's not something that we've seen this entire season. It didn't seem like there was a lot of, of set pieces. It didn't seem like there was a, a game plan that they were sticking to. 
It didn't seem like everybody was on the same page on many occasions. That was not the case tonight. It really felt like there weren't too many segments where Louisville wasn't running their sets on offense. Now they were running more. Uh, they were getting play calls in from the sideline and calling timeouts and drawing things up towards the end of the game, as they typically do. But throughout the entire game, there was a concerted effort to make things happen. They scored 40 points in the first half. We talked about that at halftime. Uh, I, I, I would have to go back and look, but they haven't scored 40 points in the first half very often this season against anybody, let alone a pretty solid, really long, tall, athletic Florida State team. So there's a lot, of, a lot of good things to take away from this game. Again, we talked about this would probably probably be a get-right game for Florida State because they'd been um, struggling against conference opponents. Uh, they'd been on the road and just getting clobbered. So, of course, they come home and have a get-right game against a team that Leonard Hamilton has had their number for since Chris Mack has been here. So um, go figure on on that end of things. But... Overall, not super disappointed because I think that Louisville was better against Florida State. I think that Louisville was infinitely better against Florida State than it were against Pittsburgh. Ultimately, you don't want to come away with a loss. I understand if you're a fan and you're frustrated, like I get that, and you have every right to be because you don't have the wiggle room to lose to a Florida State after you lose to a Furman and a DePaul. Like you just don't. And so that's kind of where I understand the fan frustration because. You're frustrated when you lose to Furman, not just because it's embarrassing to lose to Furman. You're frustrated when you lose to Furman because you can't afford to lose to Florida State now. And they did. So regardless of if they're better or not, at the end of the season, the committee is going to look back at this game and say, okay, well, you lost to Florida State, period, end of story. So now you have to just continue to get better. You have to continue to pr progress. But I thought that they looked much more like a tournament team tonight than they did the last two games. And I think that's the ultimate takeaway for me. I'll say right now, I think Louisville's going to finish ahead of Miami in the ACC. And Miami's 5-0, and and we're just beat Duke and, you know, just, you know, flexing on people. They've played NC State, Wake, Syracuse, and Duke. Two of those teams Louisville's beat. Syracuse, Louisville should beat. Duke, you know, Louisville, Louisville probably won't beat. But I don't, th you know, I. <laughs> this is the year where you have to just, you have to say, here's what's left on the schedule. And there's plenty of opportunities left. And again, we've talked about it. They're just going to have to get a massive win. It's not going to be, you know, a couple of resume boosters. They just need to win a lot of games down the stretch. And, you know, some of what we do here is live reacting to Chris Mack quotes on, you know, from the presser and just kind of sorting through those a little bit already. He's already talking about shorten the rotation and going with the hot hand and, you know, riding Sid Curry and riding L. Ellis and, seeing things tonight that were encouraging and that, that framework, I, I did see an interesting thought that I thought what thought was worth noting. Um, he did a couple weeks ago say that Rose Wheeler was the clear backup to Malik Williams. And it seems like that was just a motivating tool for Sid Curry. Like that was just calling Sid out publicly and it worked. I mean, I multiple times today, Sid absolutely worked the what seven, three, seven, four guys under the rim. Um, I know there at the end specifically with a couple minutes left, he, went up and under on a guy that was really nice around the rim on, you know, on the opposite side, he was good on the boards again tonight and not to cut you and off. Again, Sydney I, Curry. Yeah. You know, we, I talked about the two guards being excellent tonight. Sydney Curry, the best plus minus on the team continue to be impressed with him because he just provides such productive minutes 
And I don't think that he's a liability on defense, even though he's a bit undersized height and length wise. Like he doesn't have a massive wingspan. He's not super tall. He's going up against a bunch of seven, one guys and he's holding his own. Uh, so very impressive performance again tonight by Sidney Curry, uh, obviously filling in for Malik Williams adequately. And you like what he brings to the table because it's different than what Malik Williams brings. I think when you look at Roosevelt Wheeler, Roosevelt Wheeler brings a very similar game to the, to the, in the fact that he can kind of stretch the floor a bit. Uh, Sidney Curry is definitely more of like a, a down low presence and he can kind of bang with you, but he also has really soft hands, great touch and good speed. And those are things that Malik Williams doesn't necessarily have all the time. Uh, so I think that he provides a different, a different aspect to this, to this team. And if he can continue to provide good minutes and have, I mean, if you have a plus nine plus minus, uh, in a game where you lose by nine, I mean, that's that's a major contribution in a game where you go three for five, score six points, grab six rebounds. Like, that's major, That's major, and he also provides a lot more fouls for Louisville, too. I know it sounds silly, but uh, foul issues have been a problem of late. So uh, that's, again, just one more great – I mean, there, nothing is a great takeaway from tonight. Like, when you're down by ten at halftime and you lose by nine, like, nothing's a great takeaway, but – I feel optimistic about the way that his game is going along with the, with the two guards that played well tonight. A hundred percent. And again, if you watch the game, if you watch the second half and didn't come away encouraged by things that were changed by the defense, by offensive execution, by getting to the free throw line, then you didn't watch the second half. And I, I think it's easy to get caught up in looking back and saying, Oh, this team lost to Furman and this team lost to DePaul and this team lost got run by Western. Like we can't change that now. Like that's not going to get fixed. Like there's no, I, I am fully convinced Presley. There's not an amount of wins down the stretch. There's not a win over Duke. There's not a win over Duke and Carolina in the same weekend. That's going to change this fan base's perspective on the non-conference. Like I don't, it's not going to happen. And that just is what it is. And that's fine. It's not fixable at this point. And I think that's really the thing that you got to look at with Chris Mack and staff down the stretch here. We got half of a season still ahead of us, a little bit more than half of the season with this many ACC games. There's plenty of opportunities here. And like, you can be negative and pessimistic all you want to be. That's fine. You go do that. I'm not going to do that. There's, there's more than half a season here. There's, there's the right guys on this roster. Again, I think the rotation has to get tightened and I, I'm going to keep saying that till it happens. And I think you've got to ride with, you know, some guard pairs together. Like, I, I think you can't just play L. Ellis and Mason Faulkner only together. Um, and, you know, there were some three-guard lineups tonight like we expected, but they were weird three-guard lineups, and he ran with them for a while. But those are growing pains, right? And they talked, you know, they talked about how Florida State also had seven guys. They had seven freshmen on this roster. And, yeah, that's embarrassing to think about how a team with seven freshmen beat your team with eight transfers and, grad transfers and new guys but with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's still new pieces. I mean, we can't get back the six games Mac lost to suspension. That's part of this too. Like this is still a, 
a young season for him on the sideline. And again, he's the head head man. He gets paid millions of dollars. He deserves to be criticized. I have no problem with that. I will criticize him myself. But at the end of the day, let the man figure it out and let the man coach. And if we end up in two months with zero improvement and we're not in the NCAA tournament, then go ahead and have your piece. You make, you make a great point. Only the ninth game with Chris Mack this season. In addition to that, this is really the first game that I'm aware of where they had their head coach and they had every player healthy and they had every assistant coach on the bench. In a normal season, pre-COVID era, like I understand everybody goes th- is going through COVID stuff and hell, Louisville could go through COVID stuff again, knock on wood, but like they have not had a chance to mesh and gel and it's really hard for eight new players and a completely new team and a completely turned over roster to mesh in a new offensive system under a new group of coaches. Like there's a lot of moving parts and moving pieces on this team. Like you said, though, it feels like the the components are there on this team for as much crap as we could give Samuel Williamson. And I would still love to see him make more free throws three for seven again tonight. And Louisville had a chance to get within six, I think with Samuel Williamson at the line and he missed both free throws. There's just little things like that, that, that Louisville has to clean up. But again, Samuel Williamson's night five for nine from the field, efficient 13 points, uh, four offensive rebounds, seven total rebounds. Again, Samuel Williamson just doing Samuel Williamson thing. Things efficient, no turnovers. Uh, you know, he he is becoming exactly what Louisville has needed him to be. I mean, he is. He is a guy that you can draw a play up for. He's a guy, again, who's elite in the mid-range. He's a guy who can get to the line. I mean, gets to the line seven times tonight. Louisville only shot 20 free throws and and he took almost half of them. Uh, I'm, I'm, again, I'm impressed with Samuel Williamson. If Louisville just hits, if they just hit some more shots, I know we said that a few times this season, but when, when they get comfortable, the shots will start falling more often. I'm 100% confident in that. And I feel like right now, today, this team is infinitely better than when Chris Mack took over. And I think that we know this team's identity much more right now than we did when, when Chris Mack took over in the seventh game of the season. So when you compare right now to where Louisville was, like they are improving. Uh, like you said, the rotation has to tighten up. How that looks, I don't know. And, and maybe that's, that's kind of my final question for you, I guess, is, is who, who needs more minutes? Who needs less minutes? Uh, is, it a, is it a situation where Jalen Withers just like is just not in the rotation anymore? Uh, because, you know, I, I didn't see a lot out of Jalen Withers that I was like pissed about tonight. Like, he had a good offensive rebound and and put back and, and went to the free throw line tonight. Like he had some good stuff, but at the same time, he could definitely still be a liability on defense. He definitely doesn't move the ball the way that Matt Cross does at his position, uh, not by a long shot. Uh, he definitely seems kind of out of sorts and out of place. So maybe Jalen Withers is the guy that that starts losing minutes. I, I don't know. What, 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 when you look at this roster and, and you say that you want to see the rotation tighten up, uh, to kind of finish us out tonight, what what does that look like to you? I would start with Jalen Withers. You know, played 14 minutes. He played 10 in the first half. I mean, he had two two catches under the rim, or one one where he got a really good dish from Sid that he could have dunked it and dropped the ball. He had one where he made a nice turn around a curl and dropped the ball. And those are you know those are toughness things that Jalen didn't do last year. Um, and again. I don't know if there's something going on with him off the floor. There's something going on. Like, obviously, this is bigger there's, there's than There's got to be. And I don't know if you if you noticed, but Chris Mack got in his ass when he 
because that was a, that was a big possession. He did. He did. Louisville definitely yeah. could have cut cut things even closer on that on that possession, and uh, he got a great dump down, and the ball just got knocked right out of his hands. Again, I I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna say this as nicely as possible, but some people just flat out don't know X's and O's, and like that just is what it is. There are guys on this roster who cannot hang defensively, and that's just that is is what it is. L. Ellis right now on a guy like Caleb Mills cannot defend him for multiple possessions. That's what happened in the first half when Louisville lost touch and Caleb Mills went for 23. Same thing with Mason Faulkner at times. Mason Faulkner is bigger and he's got a little bit more frame to him and he can move his feet a little bit. But again, if you saw him multiple times tonight late, he was doing that like flash one hand out thing as a defender. And that's like dead giveaway that you are out of gas and you're not going to move your feet off the bounce. Like if you're doing that, you are asking for it. And Jared West, again, I think there was something wrong with Jared West tonight. I've been looking high and low trying to find like anybody saying he was sick or something going on. I mean, he played like 13 13 minutes, minutes. I think. Yeah. 13 minutes. He played 13 minutes. He did not look good offensively, but he did. He did lock down Caleb Mills for the time he was in the game. Again, watch the games, friends. Like Jared West is our best defender. We put him on the best guard that each team has. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason he's been playing 28, 30 minutes a night. And I understand he's not a lot off the dribble, right? He's not an amazing, you know, off the bounce shooter, but this is a guy who made 40% of his three pointers at Marshall. I mean, this is a guy who's the leading steals guy in Marshall history for a reason, right? And he, he's been leading the ACC in steals until at least at night, to my knowledge. I mean, again, you have to, you have to get to a point where you say, I need these guys to just play their role. Noah Locke needs to go in there, hit, open looks and give me a good 20, 25 minutes a night. He needs to do the best he can to stay away from mismatches on defense and shoot the basketball. You know, Matt Cross needs to get in there and he needs to muck it up and he needs to make it, you know, dirty and he needs to get offensive and defensive rebounds for me. And when he gets an open look, he needs to bury it 50% of the time. I think the thing for me tonight was that I thought Malik Williams was going to get a lot more looks on the offensive end. And he was taken out of the game almost exclusively he had four points tonight and and again if if this is a preseason box score and like if this is just like a blind look and you just gave me you didn't tell me the final result and you just gave me Lowell's box score and it was just Malik Williams four points minus 18 plus minus Jalen Withers minus one four points I would have said we lost by 25 30 and I think that's the perspective you need sometimes is you need to say like it or not, development or not, I don't care what the reason is. Jalen Withers is not what Jalen Withers was supposed to be. He's not. This dude was supposed to be ready to go to the NBA. I mean, he is, he's gone, gone, gone right now. And the weight it's putting on Malik Williams in the post is unbearable right now. And so you play a team like Florida State, who we talked about last, you know, in the last episode, is so long, so big and deep. Like Malik is not going to be as effective on the post. And you didn't see a whole lot of high, low action for him, a lot of pick and pop stuff. Because they did a really good job of shading that and not allowing that. They obviously scouted well again. But all that to say, Sam Williamson has been doing the job, like you said, right? You know, L. Ellis is, again, showing flashes, 14 again tonight. He's in double figures again off the bench. Mason Faulkner continuing to get more healthy, obviously, on that ankle, continuing to get more confident. But I, I still think this team has to be a defensive team to win the amount of games they need to win in the ACC this year. I think they have to lock teams down. I don't think they can let teams 
I don't think they can allow teams to score 70. And if they do, I think they're going to lose. I think it's really that simple. We've scored 80 once this year. We're averaging, you know, right in the 70 range in our ACC games this year. Got to be a defensive team. Ride the streaky shooting, you know, continuing to run the stuff. And again, it's, it's all the same points we've said all year. When this team commits to running the schematic things that they have on both sides of the floor, they're fine. And when they don't, they go in stretches where they look like a very bad basketball team. But I think tonight what you see and what, you know, what you can be encouraged by is Sid Curry needs more run. He needs to be the go-to guy off the bench. He was the first guy in tonight. I thought that spoke volumes. First guy in against a very long and deep Florida State team. You know, Mason Faulkner needs more minutes. I need to see Mason Faulkner with the ball in his hands more. I think there is, I think in that, there, there is some concerning things to me where there's a lack of intention of inbounding the basketball. If you watch, like, who were, like, legitimately just giving the ball to to start the possession, that's important to scheme as well. And, like, that has to be intentional. And it can't just be Matt Cross bringing the ball up because his guy wasn't pressing. Like, it's got to be more complex than that. But again, does this team have enough talent on the roster? I think they do. I think this is an NCAA tournament roster as far as talent is concerned. And do they have the schematic ability? Yes, they do. And they just got to put it together. And I think they will. You know, like tonight, tonight was a night where the first half I was full, you know, full sadness, full pissed off mode like this team is not it chris mack is not the guy whatever fill in the blank i was right there with you a little twitter shout out but in the second half not so much right i saw the adjustments i saw the a better rotation i saw an offense with intention i saw good looks created i saw a defense that was connected and again like we talked about in the last episode when you continue to rotate 12 guys your pack line's not going to be packed because you're not connected because nobody knows who else is on the floor and when they don't trust who else is on the floor, then there you go. It's not going to be packed line. But I saw that. I saw that tonight. I'm more encouraged than I was going into this game, President. Flat out. I'm just more encouraged. I felt like this team showed fight tonight. I felt like this team created good looks tonight. And if they do that, they will beat plenty of teams down the stretch. And again, yes, will losses like Furman and DePaul and Western continue to maybe haunt our net team sheet and our Ken Palm rating and our, you know, resume? Yes. Just win a bunch of games down the stretch and it won't matter. Again, I'm not going to be on the fire Chris Mack train. You're just not going to find me there. I will criticize him because he makes millions of dollars. But I think he will make the right decisions. I think the bench will get tighter. I think the rotation will get better. And I think we will see a team that plays better down the stretch here. And I'm just going to stay encouraged because that's all I can do. Again, I will point once again to just the fact that anything that could have gone right went right for Florida State tonight. Louisville did a good job to kind of put a stop to everything that Florida State was doing well. Uh, it seemed like, as you've kind of suggested, that Chris Mack and the coaching staff made really solid in-game adjustments. Uh, it didn't seem like they got out-coached by any means or anything like that tonight. It seems like they're just still putting the pieces together. And I think that starts with defense. And if you look at the quotes after the game that, that are rolling in, um, everything is defensive-oriented. You know, Mason Faulkner was the guy who took the podium tonight. And he said it was all it was all about defense that felt like they were playing on their toes. Uh, Mason Wagner said when it was time to hit a shot or go on a run, we weren't able to. That's going to happen. But coach emphasizes the defense that needs to be our stronghold. Chris Mack said on the podium tonight, if we had defended like we did in the second half and the first half, then it might have been a much different game. Caleb Mills is a talent. We knew that coming in and he certainly proved it. Thank heavens he wasn't he was in a little foul trouble or he might have gotten 50. I agree with that. 
our inability to play any type of defense in the first half set the tone in the wrong way. I agree with that as well. Uh, but I mean, look, you adjust and that's not something that would have happened earlier in the season. Louisville adjusted on defense. Uh, they didn't let a poor first half performance uh, kind of get to them. Uh, and, and even though they let Florida state kind of get into a rhythm, which is kind of what happened in the first half, right? Like Florida state was just feeling it. Every player was just feeling it in the first half. Uh, and that happens. That happens at times. They had two games this season at home with, they, they rarely lose at home. Florida state, maybe one of the best home court advantages in the country. They rarely lose at home and they took two L's to lesser teams, to be quite frank with you uh, earlier in the season. And they just needed to get right game. And this is, was that it was absolutely that um, when you look at what this team provided you from a pieces standpoint, it seems like the pieces are getting closer to being there. You just need the, the whole team to kind of know what their role is. Like, I feel like Samuel Williamson each game knows his role a little bit better than the last game. L Ellis needs to be put in better positions. I think that, as you suggested that LLS would be much better served being on the court at the same time as Jared West, because you have two guys that can create, you have two guys that can initiate the offense, but you have, you still have the defense of Jared West. And I think it's so crucial, especially in college basketball. You know, if you're looking at the NBA or you're looking at like the highest level of college basketball, if you're looking at like Gonzaga Baylor or something like that, like, yeah, there's going to be four or five guys on the floor that are elite players that are going to get to the bucket. But we're talking about Louisville Florida state right now. We're talking about a quad two game. And when you're talking about this game, there's really only one guy on the, on the on the floor for Florida State, Caleb Mills, that that can really just go and get you buckets and put the ball in the basket, right? Like that's that is what their team is. That's what their team's been all season. He's been kind of the guy who's the bucket getter for them, right? And he got hot tonight, and part of that is because Jared West wasn't on the floor. So going forward, I just think that each player needs to have their identity. You know, Jared West is going to take some flack for being a guy who can't get to the bucket or whatever, but LLS is that guy. You know, the 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 magical combination is LLS and Jared West. That's just my opinion as far as like what they, you know, what each guard brings to the table. And then like we have suggested over and over again, Noah Locke just needs to be that guy who's coming off curls. He needs to be the guy that's getting his feet set and getting off shots. And if Noah Locke misses an open shot, I would much rather have that than freaking Jalen Withers making a three. Like, I'm sorry, but like, that's, that is not going to win you championships. That's not going to win. That's not going to get you a, a, you know, uh, a buy into the third round of the ACC tournament, you know, like, and that's ultimately what at this point in the season, like that's what you're starting to work towards. And I think that's what the narrative is going to, going to become for UofL now is like, what are they doing to become a better team? Not like, okay, they won 75 to 70. What does that mean? Like, especially this season of all seasons, there's so much parity in the ACC. There's such a lack of, of a dominant elite team. Like Louisville has the ability to become this team. That's like a two or a three seed in the ACC tournament. But what does that mean? How do they get there? How do they become a team that can be a second weekend team? How do they do all this stuff? Well, tonight was a great start. And yes, it was a loss. And yes, they're not in first place in the ACC anymore. And yes, there are concerns still. But ultimately, who gives a shit? Like, I'm just just going to be straight up. Like, who cares? Like, they were better tonight. Who scares and, you? Yeah. No, who scares like, you in this league right now? Right. And that's Duke. That, that's a perfect. Yeah. I mean, Duke, Duke scares everybody. But Duke just lost to Miami tonight. 
So did you see Virginia? Did you see Virginia this afternoon? I Virginia didn't got Virginia. waxed by a Virginia got waxed by a bad North Carolina team as it is right now. I mean, yeah, Notre Dame's three and one in the ACC. I was told I had to mention that today because you said Notre Dame was so bad in the last podcast from a loyal listener. But shout yeah, out to him. You know, but hey, but uh, who are you scared of? I'm, I'm just I'm being honest, right? Like again, upset, yes. Disappointed, yes. Not performing to the level they should be, yes. Check all the boxes. Who are you scared of in this league? Louisville has 15 games left in this league. Who are you scared of? The cards can go get 12 of these. They really can. This roster can yeah. go get 12. Yeah, they they they'll drop. The, I will be straight up with you right now. We're going to be sitting here against Notre Dame at home or Virginia on the road or, or something, and we're going to be disappointed in a loss that we shouldn't have taken. Like That's just kind of how this Louisville team is, as you've seen, as you saw tonight. Some guys, sometimes when you rely on certain guys as being shooters and they play 25, 30 minutes a game, that's what happens. And that's what happened. Yeah, did you? Uh, well, I was just going to say yeah, that's sorry what happened to cut you with, off again. with Noah Locke and, and, and Matt Cross tonight. If they just shoot their, their I'm sorry, if they just shoot their, their averages, if they shoot, if they shoot below, if they shoot 10% below their averages tonight, level wins. Like, that's just right. think, just and think about again, that for a second. Yeah. I mean, open shots down the stretch. Down the stretch, they they got to the free throw line and then got to that decision point where you're either going up yourself or you're kicking it outside. And Florida State was not allowing L. Ellis to beat them off the dribble, but they were content with L. Ellis being in the lane because L. Ellis got a lot of shots affected by size, and he made some turnovers tonight. And there were a lot of guys, L. Ellis included, who when they got to the free throw line made the wrong decision. Florida State scouted well tonight. It really is what it is. They let Louisville get to 15 feet out and make a poor decision. And when they made the right decision and got it to lock and cross, they didn't hit shots. It's really that simple, right? I'll go. I'll hand it to you, Presley. I think they. Here's what. Here's the stretch you're looking for. They're gonna win their next four games. Louisville's gonna win their next four games and be eight and one in the ACC. Hear me out. Gonna win four in a row. Then they're gonna lose to Virginia on a one day rest on Monday night, and then they're gonna come home and beat Duke and Carolina. They're gonna do. They're gonna do it. That's what they're gonna do. Because I mean, I can be better. Yeah. I, oh, I could 100% see that happening. And if they continue to, to improve at the clip that they are and they continue to just run the offense and they continue to stick with what they need to, need to be doing on, on the defensive end, like there is no reason why this team can't be what we expected them to be. And that's, I mean, that's the takeaway. You know, that's how I started this tonight and that, that's how I'll end it. Like that's that's the takeaway. That is... Louisville is becoming the team that we expected them to be. It's just that it's just the fact that sometimes it's not going to result in all sunshine and rainbows. Like sometimes it's not going to result in a big road win or anything like that. But ultimately I don't think that's as important as becoming the team that you need to become. If you ask any fan, they'd much rather be winning in late February and early March then because we've seen this Louisville team under Chris Mack upsetting teams playing well on the road. I mean, look at, look at Chris Mack's first season. They upset North Carolina on the road. I think North Carolina was like a top five team at the time, all kinds of examples in the last season. Like there, there's all kinds of examples of, of Louisville winning early in conference play and then just kind of waning down the stretch. This could definitely be a team that does the opposite of that. And if they continue to improve on the trajectory, which they're improving on, I, I absolutely think that there's a chance that that come March, this can be one of the better teams in the conference. Well, I, I think they already are, but I think that they can solidify themselves 
as a top three team in the, in the conference. Um, as far as going forward, we got a late one Wednesday night, NC state, this schedule, this schedule from a sucks a butt. It sucks what a butt. And I'm sorry. Hide, hide your kids. If they don't want to hear about this, the schedule sucking a butt, I mean, if, but they, it does. if they can't defend a straight line drive, then your kids shouldn't be listening anyway. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Your kids have already seen a crime on television tonight anyways. So no, listen, they have to beat NC state now. And we've said this, we said this a lot this season, like it's okay if you drop this game, but like you, you gotta go out and win the next one. You already beat NC state on the road. But NC State is, they're going to be pesky. They're kind of like how Louisville has been this season, with the exception of they just lose a lot of their games. So Louisville can't be what they were for Florida State tonight, being a get right game. Uh, NC State lost today to Clemson 70 to 65, which drops them to 500. This is just not, this is not a great squad. This is Kevin Keats' worst squad since he's been at NC State. Um, I mean, there's, there's just a ton of question marks on that team. This would be coming off of this game. I'm telling you now, this is the perfect opportunity for Louisville to finally have a comfortable win. You know, it's we, there haven't been a lot of those. I'm, I'm, has there been save maybe two like really terrible opponents like in the 300 in, in the net? Has there been a comfortable win this season? I, I don't think I mean, we so. haven't I mean, played anybody in the 300 in the net. I'd like to put that out there. It's called hyperbole, Nicholas. Okay. Listen, they, they, they have played a couple of bad teams that they blew out this year, but overall it's been, things have been much too close for comfort. I think that based on what I saw tonight and what I've seen this team working towards, I think that this NC state game could be like a 12 to 15 point victory. I know that might sound crazy, but a 12 to 15 point victory I think is absolutely reasonable against this crap, crap bum NC state team. Louisville didn't play that great against them on the road. The first time executed well down the stretch, obviously Matt cross hit the big three. He's been feeling it against NC state. So maybe he'll go off again. I don't know. Maybe NC state will come in out for blood, but I highly doubt it coming off of what are they? Oh, and five in conference now one and four, something like that. I'd have to, look, I'd have to look at the standings, but it's not good. Um, but no, any thoughts on, on NC State before we get out of here? NC State continues to plummet 116 in the, in the Ken Palm, as I'm looking at currently. One in four in <sighs> conference, by the way. I just looked it up. One in four in conference. Um, let's wrap with this. Louisville's moved two spots in Ken Palm. They moved up since we started recording. So let's just put that out there. Maybe we should just continue to record. Yeah, we'll um, keep recording. As analytics get better. <laughs> Ken Pomeroy, I'm going to find like your help desk line, okay? And at like 3 a.m. when we finally get a hold of Ken Palm when he's in his in his footy pajamas in bed. I want to say you move Louisville up two seed lines right now or else I am not going to sleep. I will not stop podcasting until they keep moving up. You got to be optimistic at this point, And I'll tell you why. The roster is fine. The coaching staff is fine. Hit the panic button if you want to. The door is over there. I don't care. This team has the pieces. This conference is not good. There are plenty of opportunities. High ball screens, getting in the lane, creating switches, getting the ball to the right person, and letting them shoot. The law of averages will come back. Matt Cross will go off and against NC State. Noah Locke will hit four or five threes against NC State. The law of averages 
always swings back. You might call tails five times in a row, but heads is coming. The day is coming. The sun's coming up. Louisville's going to be just fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. We're going to be back here on Wednesday night after another late tip for who God knows why. The scheduling again is horrendous. Maybe that's why. That's our theory. You know, I'm going to go all scheduling on that we've just been given a really bad the- a really bad schedule this year. <laughs> and that's our issue. Louisville's fine. We're getting a little too off the rails here. Don't go off the rails yourself. Stay positive. Log off Louisville Twitter and have a wonderful evening. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.